This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. The goal of functional medicine is to find the root cause of disease using science-based methods. All symptoms are considered interrelated in the functional medicine model, since the body is viewed as an integrated whole. Therefore, a problem in one part of the body does not simply affect that part, but also affects other parts. In functional medicine, genetics, diet, lifestyle, and environment are taken into consideration, along with their interaction with the various body systems. A natural state of equilibrium or balance is restored to the body by identifying and treating its root cause. In contrast to conventional medicine, which treats symptoms largely without addressing the underlying problem, this method is radically different. Valeria interviews Dr. Leke Asong. He is the author of How to Stay Ahead of Your Doctor and Influence Your Health, Simple, Practical, and Effective Insider Tips to utilize the healthcare system to your advantage and stay healthy. Dr. Lakeya Song is a practicing NHS general practitioner, family doctor, functional medicine doctor, and wellness consultant from England, UK. For years, he suffered from poor gut and overall health. He saw the best specialists in different fields, but he was told everything was normal. None had the answers. On starting GP training, Dr. Lakeya Song quickly realized there were many patients in his position who were suffering despite having normal blood tests and scans. That's when he was convinced conventional medicine did not have all the answers, specifically with regard to chronic diseases. This set him on a relentless journey not only to fix his health, but also the health of his patients. Along Dr. Lekia Song's journey, he discovered functional medicine, a science-based model that seeks to find the root cause of disease. In the end, he fixed his gut and overall health. In order to share what he has learned and help NHS patients, he wrote the book titled How to Stay Ahead of Your Doctor and Influence Your Health. Dr. Lucky Song has also launched Gut Health Medic, an online website where he sees patients with difficult-to-treat gut and related disorders. He plans to launch wellness programs via Gut Health Medic in the next few months. Dr. Lucky Song is also an inventor with products mainly in the kitchen space. Meet Dr. Lucky at guthealthmedic.co.uk. Here's the interview with Dr. Lucky Asong. In your own words, who is Lucky Asong? Hello, yeah, that's a good question. Um... I am a GP, general practitioner, and a functional medicine doctor and wellness consultant. So I am from England, Nottingham, Nottinghamshire to be precise, in the Midlands. 
And yes, I've been a doctor for 18 years and a f- GP for about since 2009. <laughs> so probably 13 years, 14 years. What inspired you to become a doctor? Like, Yeah, so my dad, uh, who passed away, rest in peace, was a surgeon. So I grew up in a medical household. And I watched him, you know, help people. And I just thought, I'd like to do that as well. I wasn't a surgeon, but at least I got into medicine. Right. So you're influenced by environment, by your yeah, father. Yeah, environmental influence. Another question that comes to mind is, what is um, the most rewarding part of your job? What do you love most about doing what you do as a doctor? Yeah, so I look at medicine as problem-solving. So people come with a problem, and I, which is a disease, and I diagnose it and hopefully prevent, provide a cure. So yeah, seeing patients come back and say, I feel a lot better, or I haven't got the pain anymore, or I'm not aching anymore, or I don't feel depressed anymore. You know, that's quite a big reward to me. I love what you said. So solving problems, it's very rewarding to the brain, isn't it? To the mind. I noticed that when we are able to solve a problem. And um, you made me think about the problem of being human beings and always dancing around the uh, the realms of happiness and suffering. Like, how do we solve that? How do we end all that? Especially the suffering, of course, we don't want to end happiness, but how do we end suffering? That has been one of my quests for my entire life. To be happy, maybe you need to suffer. (laughs) Mm. And I think Uh. if you look at suffering as a journey, then it's not so bad, maybe. It probably depends on the degree of suffering, though. But I just look at it as a journey. Um, everyone's journey is hampered by problems sometimes or obstacles, but you learn to get around it and that's experience. So that's how I look at it. How do you define health? A question that I have asked some of my guests here, what is to be healthy from your perspective? Hmm, Very good question. So from a conventional medicine point of view, uh, health is probably the absence of disease. But from a functional medicine point of view, which is more complementary medicine, it isn't just the absence of disease. It's really a state of, how can I define it? Yeah, so health is not just simply the absence of disease. It's perpetual, optimal wellness, (laughs) you know, feeling well in the body and mind. Well-being, wellness, right? I think they are the same. I use more well-being for some reason, but I think... Yeah, they are the same thing, I think. They are just kind of synonyms. So the state of feeling well within uh, the mind and body, of course. But this is not something that remains that way, right? Like, there's always something happening. The mind changes all the time. You know, we are happy. We might be happy today and then the next day we wake up not feeling so well at the emotional level. And then the body too, the immune system drops. I'm just trying to kind of um, understand your answer more accurately from that point of view. This is within that lack of that umbrella of well-being, even kind of dealing the resilience, dealing with the chains within the mind and body. (laughs) Very good question. So I think from a physical, maybe I should define it, divide it into two parts, physical and mental, just for the sake of the answer. I think 
waking up in the morning feeling motivated, having no aches and pains, no symptoms whatsoever, having a spring in your step is one component. Having a clear head, being free of brain fog, for example, is another one. Having said that, there are days when you won't be happy and that's just part of life. So I think well-being and wellness doesn't mean you're never sad. It just means you might be sad, but you've got the resilience to be able to counteract it. But yeah, it is a kind of changing, almost amorphous state Mm. to some degree. That makes sense to me. We call it resilience, right? It's almost like one step above <laughs> the chains of the mind, just being almost prepared for the chains when they come and then dealing with them with grace. Uh, the word mm. grace comes to me. Perhaps I would say kindness, patience too. It is my practice. I'm always practicing these things. But I never found a destination, though, uh, for well-being. It's, the, it's actually the title of this podcast, A Quest for Well-Being. And that's why it says A Quest for Well-Being, because it seems, like you said, it's, it's not really a destination. It's a journey. So it keeps changing. And if we can find something within us that's stable, that we can kind of be a, aware or become that, which I believe we are, really, that unchanging um, which is not really a state, uh, an unchanging consciousness or the eyes that look through all this. Anyway, then would be a lot more fun, <laughs> this, this, the human experience. It, it feels to me that's what my quest really is. And when I say a quest for well-being, it means really means being well all the time at the level of the mind and body. Yeah, it's a good point. I think to maintain that state, you've got to change things, which meaning lifestyle, diet, and supplementation. So you've got to work to achieve optimal wellness. It's not a state where you just think, oh, I've arrived, oh, I'm absolutely fine now, because you'd need to do certain things to maintain that state, for example. I'm sure you do things like yoga and meditation. These are practices which you can incorporate into your daily routine to be able to maintain that well-being state. Yes, that is true. Although there's nothing I can do for that stable and peaceful part of me that's already there. I'm already free when it comes to that. But it's almost like to get the benefits of that knowledge of the place that's not a place of uh, awareness, then it takes practices, right? I call them practices, taking care of the body, the mind with all these things, right? That is so true. What do you feel is the purpose of the human experience? Uh, well, it's most <laughs> it's a difficult question. The purpose. Um, I think for me, the purpose of a human experience is is to give. I think to be service to others, really. Yeah, once you, yeah, service to others is really the ultimate aim for me. Uh, that means, and to others, but not neglecting yourself, you know, to your family, your friends, and anyone you get in contact with. In fact, when you give, you always have that endorphin rush. You know, people, giving really makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, service to others, I would say. What is your your spiritual view? Do you have any spiritual views of yourself, life itself, the world? Hmm, okay. I do have some. I'm not sure if they're classes that. One, I believe we're all related. I know it sounds weird. 
I just think we all connected in some way, shape, or form. And I also believe in kind of energies, like positive energy and negative energy. Like for example, if you walk into a room and it's like a bad person in there or the atmosphere is not right, you can sometimes sense it even without knowing anyone in that room. So I really believe that, that this kind of positive energy. And there have been times I'll get up in the morning because I work in different practices. I'm like a freelance doctor. And I'll think, gosh, I just don't feel right today. It might be a tough shift or something might happen. And sometimes it does. You just get that feeling. I mean, the last shift I went to, it took me an hour, 45 minutes to get there. Normally, it should have been 45. But for some reason, I think there was a traffic and it was an accident. So, yeah, I think there's a kind of energy which we can't touch, but we can feel, which permeates the you know, environment. Um, and yeah, and that's why I think helping people and giving really helps boost your personal energy and everyone's energy around. Yeah. Is that, is that spiritual? Or yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, right. We could be like in between, but now that sounds very spiritual to me. Yeah. Th this oh, perception right, okay. is a spiritual perception. Yeah. yeah. So you're able to perceive and feel the energies of the invisible world, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is as doing intuition too. Some call intuition, even visions that some people have. I think we all know that, that there's something beyond this. Unless you're like a very materialistic um, atheist, uh, hardcore in that sense, <laughs> ah, scientist. <laughs> but hopefully, yeah, they are those people. It seems like at some point I, they still have those experiences, those spiritual experiences, but they don't really, I think they don't give them attention. Well, they might... They might give them different names. <laughs> they don't call them spiritual. But we are, yeah, of course, everything is connected um, in a very powerful way. So thank you for saying that too, because that's a very natural perception of yours that we all have, but we don't really um, kind of voice those ideas or those understandings in our minds. We just, we don't have a space even to talk about it. Like in my case, I started this podcast because I couldn't really talk to too many people about certain things. All right. Yeah, yeah, spiritual, especially spiritual truth or spiritual ideas, knowledge. My family members, my friends, nobody would wanted to listen to it because they didn't understand in the first place. It was just too much for them. So here I can just talk about all this <laughs> and it's a <laughs> lot of fun. <laughs> so... You wrote a book titled How to Stay Ahead of Your Doctor and Influence Your Health. Simple, practical, and effective insider tips to utilize the healthcare system to your advantage and stay healthy. How did you become a writer, Mikey? And what was the main intention of writing this book? Right. So when I was young, um, I was quite a voracious reader. And I even wrote a book when I was about maybe eight or nine. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I've always liked books and writing. But the main reason I wrote this book was due to my personal health journey. So years ago, I had really vague symptoms like pins and needles, bloating, gas, uh, reflux. And I saw the best specialists and they told me everything was normal. There was no, there's nothing to find. So I tried everything I could find and I just didn't get any better. And I just learned to live with it. But when I started GP training, I realized there were lots of patients in the same boat like me. They had 
vague symptoms. They'd seen all these doctors and taking all these medication, but nothing ever got better. So then I thought, there's got to be something out there. So I started researching even more to help myself and also patients because I felt frustrated. I couldn't help them. And that's how I stumbled across functional medicine, which is more a holistic approach and looking at the root causes of disease. And eventually healed my gut and all my symptoms went. Um, so then I thought, gosh, I've got to help other people. Um, but the main thing I found about functional medicine and healing was you need time. And here lies a problem. Uh, a GP consultation lasts 10 minutes. So within 10 minutes, you can't really do that much with a patient. So then I realized I've got to give the patients something they can use to help the doctor diagnose them in 10 minutes. So that was the main reason I wrote the book. So it tells patients how to give a history to the doctor, how the body works, how doctors think and all of this stuff and also how diet works, you know, with the body and stuff like that. So the patient would be empowered before they ever came to see a doctor. That way the doctor's job is easier and he could probably get to a diagnosis in a relatively short time. A question that comes to mind is functional medicine. When I saw that, it came to me holistic medicine. And, mm. and you just mentioned, I think I heard you saying, it's the same, right? There's no difference between holistic medicine and functional medicine and alternative medicine. Uh, yeah, uh, functional medicine is a type of holistic medicine or alternative medicine. Yeah, they're different types. Holistic means you're looking at the body in its entirety, not just by systems, not just neurologic. Yeah, everything is into one. So yeah, holistic. Something that I can't help but make a comment. It sounds like common sense to know that when um, studying the body, it's a system, it's a network. So I wonder why there's so many specializations, so many doctors that specialize in parts of the body. Because it doesn't make sense if we really analyze that approach. So your approach makes a lot of sense. And we have a holistic doctor, my, my husband and I, more for him than me. So I wonder what, um, if, if this will change in the future, if all doctors, eventually conventional doctors, will become holistic doctors. Mm-hmm. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, I think both systems could work together. Um, it's just, it's a different approaches, for example, because I think conventional medicine looks at the body in separate parts, you know, cardiovascular system, neurological system. Functional medicine does as well, but it tends to look at the interconnections between the systems. And also, I think most complementary medicines or alternative medicines look at the body as a state of balance, so things go out of balance. So that concept doesn't really exist in conventional medicine. Um, and also, the part of diet and lifestyle is so important in alternative therapies, not so much in conventional medicine. So, And that's why uh, complementary medicine or alternative medicine tends to work better for chronic disease. So you would say that functional medicine would work better for certain symptoms, for certain health problems, not all of them. Yeah. I mean, things like modern medicine is good for acute problems. Like, you know, if you've got a surgical problem, then, yeah, a surgeon is the best person for it. If you've got a broken 
uh, hip, for example, orthopedics is best for it. But if you've got, for example, diabetes or fibromyalgia or chronic headaches, what you find is conventional medicine just uses more symptomatic approach. So here's some tablets for your headache. Here's some tablets for your nerves. So I'll give you an example. If a patient came to see me as a GP, they've got headaches, bloating, pins and needles, and low mood. Over a period of two months, they might have seen three or four different doctors and end up with a tablet for the migraines, a tablet for the pins and needles, a tablet for the headaches. So, but a functional medicine doctor looks at the link between all of them. And in fact, all of those symptoms could be coming from the gut. So if I fix the gut, the headaches might go and the pins and needles might go and the fatigue might go if they had it. So it's a different approach, but that takes time. You can't use that approach in 10 minutes for a conventional doctor because you're in and out of the room. You made me think a lot more about gut health and how the digestive system it really influences the entire body in a, in a good and bad way when it, it is out of balance. Yeah, Hippocrates said that 300, uh, hundreds of years ago. All disease starts in the gut. Yeah, they knew that back then, and it is the truth. I remember um, a few days ago, something happened. Oh, yeah, I ate beans, and my stomach doesn't do well with that. And then I ate it anyway, and then I felt the mind was not right uh, in a sense of um, I was feeling fatigued mentally. It was just not, I was not there 100%, and the body changed. I mean, everything changed. It was incredible. I mean, not that I had not experienced that before, but it had been so long. So just lately I had that experience. Funny that we are talking today. That was just three days ago, four days ago. And then I start taking some probiotics that I had in the house, and then I felt much better. I'm feeling much better now. Oh, great. (laughs) How amazing. So you mentioned food. There's something that you wrote that caught my attention. One of the blog posts that you wrote, it's titled, How Functional Medicine Can Help You Get Better. There you say, functional medicine recognizes food, not just as calories, but as information and medicine. I know that's exactly what we're talking about. So food is is medicine as well. And that's what I think the ancient Greeks, they knew really well. Yeah. I mean, all ancient cultures, really, they knew that. It's funny that we lost track of that wisdom throughout time. Absolutely, yeah. Lots of the herbs and supplements in functional medicine, well, not some of them come from traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurvedic medicine, you know, ancient therapies. So, yeah, ancient wisdom is Mm. the new therapy. Yes, (laughs) right. Boy, I love that. (laughs) Uh, What is that to love about all that? Wisdom, right? The word alone, it says a lot. (laughs) What is not to love about that? Do you also recommend meditation, yoga, and other forms of um, holistic health methods? besides diet and exercise? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So lifestyle is important. So things like saunas, you know, for detox, you just sweat out all the toxins. Yeah, meditations, quite good. Could just be listening to a, a song you like, you know, classical music or jazz or whatever. Could be counting your breath, counting your heartbeat. Um, yeah, going out for walks in nature. Just being immersed in nature is really good. 
uh, Tai Chi, so much stuff you can do, which I recommend. I love doing breathing exercise. I mean, that's one of my favorite exercises for some reason. Breathing, it calms down the body uh, immediately. I notice that, the, the mind and the body, and also uh, being exposed to sunlight. But with that in mind, being calm, this idea of having a peaceful mind, let's talk for a moment about stress, because you sent me an article about um, that you wrote on stress that's titled How Stress Sabotages Your Health and What mm -hmm. You Can Do About It. So how do we learn to recognize, let's say, unhealthy stress? Hmm, that's a good question. So I'll tell you a quick story. So years ago, when I finished um, GP training, I thought I'd go for an interview for a partnership job. So I got there and did the interview. And one of the questions was, how, what do you do when you're stressed? And so I looked at the lady and I thought, I defined what stress was. But the honest truth is I didn't know what you do because I'd never been stressed mm -hmm. before. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I know. I just never, I wow. just get on with stuff. So I'm like, I just defined it. She goes, yes, but uh, what do you do when you're stressed? You know, all the partners here walk around, run around like headless chickens when they're stressed. What do you do? And I just sat there frozen. <laughs> I don't know what wow. they have been stressed. Wow. So years later on, I thought, okay, so now I understand what stress is. So yeah, it's really remarkable how I'd never been stressed all that time. Um, but then I heard Jeff Bezos say, stress isn't due to lots of work is more due to the fact you haven't tackled the work something along those lines about how you haven't yeah you haven't come up with solutions to mm. what you have to do that's why mm. you're stressed ah. but to answer your question what was your question i've never forgotten the question yeah. <laughs> yes about right within that realm the because stress seems to be natural right to feel like it's almost like this force this drive that allows us to do things and get things done but yeah. unhealthy stress seems to be different so that's the question i think one of the commonest ways of recognizing stress is irritability if you're very irritable then that's a sign like a short fuse you know annoyed all the time and you know you don't seem happy you, know, you seem a bit withdrawn those are signs. But I think the commonest sign is just irritable. And another one is a lack of stamina. For example, maybe you normally work for 10 hours and then after five hours, you gosh, oh my gosh, I'm wiped out. And also not being able to concentrate mentally is another big one. So yeah, those, those are the thing the four. Yeah, it, it really resonates. Um, especially the... Uh, Irritability, that makes a lot of sense. And what comes to me is that uh, is the mind, isn't it? When we have too many things, some people, they we just do too many things. It is my case sometimes. And I notice that the more things I have to do, the more I tend to be not irritated because that's really, it's not my nature, I guess. <laughs> it never comes to me that way. But it's almost like uh, anxious. I'll describe it as being anxious. So do you see... A difference between being stressed and anxious, or they are one and the same? Hmm, let me think of that one. Stress and anxious. Yeah, I think anxious is um, being apprehensive, not sure, being unsure about a situation or being worried 
about a situation. For example, if you've got to go on public speaking at some conference with a thousand guests, you think, oh my gosh, I'm so anxious. You know, almost unsure and what's the other word? Unsure is probably not correct. Uh, say a thousand guests, anxious. You're, yeah, maybe unsure or not confident enough in your ability at a momentary lapse of lack of confidence, yeah. The stress is you could probably do the conference of a thousand people, but maybe you've got, you've done 10 conferences in the last two months and you feel overwhelmed because the work has been too much. So you feel stressed, but you're not anxious about it. You're just thinking, oh my gosh, there's another thing I've got to go through. Am I going to be able to do it for one hour? Because I feel tired after 10 minutes. Oh, so, I see. Yeah, yeah. Slightly different, yeah. Right. <laughs> not not yeah. having the energy. And the other one is almost like uh, the energy of not feeling confident enough, right? Yeah. Having doubts, right? Yeah. Yeah, having doubts. Yeah, having doubts. And, uh, you know. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I have to ask you this question. You've never been stressed I mean, what a beautiful statement to hear from another human being. I think I've yeah, never I've heard never that before. So back th- at that time, you never had the experience of being stressed. Is that um, something that would you say is genetics? What do you attribute that to? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. <laughs> when I did GP training and um, my... We had like a half term assessment and the head of GP training asked my GP trainer and said, what feedback have you got for Leke, you know, for me? And he said, I've just got one thing. He won't go on holiday. So during my first GP training <laughs> post, I didn't see why I had to go on holiday because I just thought I'm just mm. going to work. <laughs> yeah, Bye. I just didn't go on holiday. And he said that was a problem he had with me Bye. because I wouldn't go on holiday. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't need gonna, one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't need one. I just thought yeah, I'm just going to work. Yeah, so why wasn't I stressed? I don't know. I just, I I think I was just so keen to learn and I just got on with stuff and I didn't really think about it. I don't know. Then, yeah, maybe I I I hadn't reached my elastic point and with time, the work started piling up and I started (laughs) losing my resilience, maybe. (laughs) And then we see the chains, right? But I love that. That sounds like you already, yeah, you have that as a foundation, that resilience. And it sounds very spiritual too, to hear that. Because that's what we see a lot of the monks, (laughs) all kinds of monks, uh, uh, right? They're so calm and they, they, they don't seem to be ever stressed for almost nothing can get them stressed. So that's very wonderful to hear. Another question I have for you. What is the um, the connection between stress and gut health? Yeah, so the gut microbiome, which is the bacteria and fungi and protozoa, uh, which form a community, um, make about 70% of the serotonin which is a brain brain chemical which you know controls mood and happiness and things like that. So the gut is seen like the second brain. So yeah, stress can alter the composition of the microbiome and therefore you could feel stressed. And also we've got the gut brain connection through the vagus nerve. And stress can also cause 
I don't want to say malfunction, but yeah, stress can then manifest itself in the brain through the vagus nerve, through the connection between the vagus and the microbiome. Yeah, so there's a very strong connection. And also you can get the adrenals, which produce cortisol, and the cortisol can also cause inflammation. Inflammation can cause an altered microbiome. So yeah, the whole thing is connected. Ah, uh, that's like, um, it's great to hear for knowledge, but then it's almost like um, it begs us to revise our eating habits, drinking habits, uh, everything that we put in our bodies, right? Uh, that goes through yeah. the stomach. So with that in mind, what is your best advice for dieting, for food, for eating? What should we be eating more? And perhaps what should we be also avoiding? What are the things to avoid and the things to have more, the foods to have more? Yeah, so good question. The best things are what to avoid. That's a starting point. So once you know what to avoid, then your job is easier. So... The things to avoid are processed foods, you know, so we're talking about refined carbohydrates, anything made with white flour, they have high glycemic indexes, so not really good for the body. Uh, processed foods also contain refined vegetable oils, seed oils, those are quite toxic to the body. And anything with lots of sugar, you know, especially high fructose corn syrup, which is artificial type sugar. So once you avoid all of those, then you've got to now concentrate on what to have. So I would go with leafy green vegetables, which are high in nutrients and low in calories. And healthy fats, for example, olive oil, olives, things like that. And I recommend eating a rainbow. So lots of fruit and vegetables, different colors, because they contain phytonutrients, which are quite good for the body. And yeah, then you work along a food diary and see what actually works for you. Because right. we're very unique. The bodies are very unique, right? We have Absolutely. to try different things. What about supplements? Um, I take a lot of supplements. I take oh, yeah, multivitamin, but, um, complex B, and vitamin D when I don't have enough sun. And then yeah. I have vitamin C and all that, those things. I have heard that some of us don't need that. But how do we know when we do and don't need I take it every day anyway. And I wonder if I, if I need, the body needs it every day. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a passionate advocate for supplements. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think we need supplements. The soil quality is, is low, you know, it's nutrient deficient, that's for sure. And our modern lifestyles uh, cause our bodies to demand more nutrients, so that's why. We uh, definitely need supplements, yes. I noticed that you have, I think I read somewhere, that was um, in your bio, it might have been, that you also have a um, product, I think, oh, let me go back to your bio. Oh, yeah, the inventor of something, right? Inven invention, yeah, not yeah. product line, yeah. So what are the, are they related to food and supplements or something else? No, just something else. So I've always been an inventive person. Yeah, I like inventing yeah. stuff and ever yeah. since I was a kid, you know, Meccano <laughs> and Lego and stuff like that. So, yeah, I thought, oh, I'm going to use my creative brain. So I invent products, mainly kitchen-type gadgets. And then I call companies and ask them to have a look and see what they think. And if they like it, they can manufacture it and distribute it and sell. And then they then give me a percentage. So it's called licensing. Ah, that sounds wonderful. 
Can you uh, share one of these uh, products that you have invented? Oh, I've got so many. <laughs> one of them was, um, oh, what's the one called? I can't remember what it's called now. I haven't done it for two years now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I developed a pillbox. That's one thing which uh, is quite relevant to this one. Uh, I haven't licensed it yet. I've contacted maybe 30, 40 companies, but they weren't really interested. But it's a pillbox that allows you to organize your pills in minutes and not hours and hours. That sounds good. I have seen some of it. They look like, um, uh, I, how can I describe it? It's almost like a... a box within the box and they have tons of little squares that does, does it look like it um i have seen yeah that before. yeah it's a bit like that's got little compartments for, right. for for the supplements yeah i love that that's uh using your creative mind as you said right um, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of fun isn't it <laughs> to create yeah, things absolutely just creating stuff oh, so we are almost at the end and i do have a few more questions for you there's something else that caught my attention. One, another blog post of yours, the title is A New Treatment Model to Tackle Chronic Disease. I love the depiction of the tree. Yeah. I love that. You have surgeons at one side. Yeah, cutting the branch off. Yeah, tell me. I love that depiction. I love that. Yeah, I came up with that idea maybe two years ago. I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm going to use the tree and different practitioners as a kind of analogy. So the surgeon is it's this tree in the middle of a field, and the surgeon is cutting off the branch, which is what happens in surgery. If you've got appendicitis, your appendix is taken out. If you've got a gallbladder problem, your gallbladder is taken out. The conventional medicine doctor was painting (laughs) the leaves and the the branches which were brown. So in a way, it's saying symptomatic approach. You know, you've got a headache, here's some paracetamol, you know, off you go. And the functional medicine practitioner or doctor was digging uh, the the roots, uh, the, the soil to find the roots of the trees to fix the problem from the root. So that's the root cause approach. I was looking at it for a long time. (laughs) Did (laughs) you draw that? Good question. So I came up with the idea and I did a sketch and I contacted an illustrator who did it for me. Yeah, I didn't do it myself personally. But the idea and the whole thing, I sketched it out. And I'm not a bad drawer, but I wouldn't I won't be as good as that. So yeah, it was someone else who, who did it. Who yeah, did drawing. that was just like the, it's almost like you don't have to um, read the article anymore. This is it. <laughs> the one yeah, picture shows it all, right? Absolutely. I, I love it. a thousand words, worth a thousand words. Yeah, it really did that for me. I was, it paused me for a while. <laughs> and, and I oh, love those things you. anyway. I love art. <laughs> so thank <laughs> you for doing that because it's very clear that what you do is addressing the root cause of a problem. So you're not trying to just ease the symptoms or cut off <laughs> parts of the body, but um, find why is the system not balanced and then go for that, for the foundation. That It's just like, to me, that can be applied to anything when we think about mental health too. When we are feeling depressed, sad, whatever it is, there's, this, um, there's always room for questions and going deeper into it as for the reasons we are feeling the way we are. So mm. that, it, it really speaks to me. I love the idea of going deeper into anything or everything just to find out what the truth is basically i'm looking for the truth so what you do resonates very much with me and in so many levels 
Thank you're you. Truth seeker. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, what else is there to do here? <laughs> I have to say, uh, there's nothing else that interests me for some reason. I know that so many of us have different interests, but uh, that's mine. And I do. I know the people like yourself and so many others that I meet. They are also interested in truth and going deeper. So thank you again for your presence in this reality, doing what you do in in this world, uh, helping others, helping yourself and your family and sharing the good news that we can find solution for problems by going deeper, by finding the source of the problem and not just trying to hide what is at the surface. So it's really beautiful what you do. Thank you again. Thank you so much. And before we say goodbye for today, I do have a few more questions, the ending questions. And before that, is there anything that you left unsaid? for this interview, Dr. Leike? Um, oh, yeah. So I'm hoping to launch online courses uh, to help more people. Uh, the reason is, at the moment on Gut Health Medic, which is my uh, online consultancy, the work is quite hectic. And I'm also doing traditional general practice. So I was kind of struggling to balance both things. And that's why I thought at launch online courses so more people can access uh, the help they need. So, yeah, so keep your eye out on Gut Health Medic coming soon, uh, the wellness programs. And you can follow me on Gut Health Medic on TikTok or Instagram. Uh, wonderful. And the website you just mentioned, I'll have that on your podcast profile. So it'll be that clickable link. And the book as well. I'll have the book to Amazon. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Thank you. And my last question to you, I'll ask you this one, two questions. At this time, what is the world's greatest need from your perspective? Hmm. The world's greatest need. Uh, Patience and patience, tolerance and love. Yes, three times two <laughs> to all of yeah. them. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Tolerant to love. Yes, beautiful. And how do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? I think success is being at peace with yourself. Wow, oh, I love that. Yes, that's profound enough. <laughs> I know <laughs> yeah. I would ask like a thousand <laughs> questions about how do you do that? That's the goal, isn't it? To be at peace. Right. Ah, what a beautiful answer. I was going to say, it's not like a money thing. Because I remember a quote I read years ago. It says, um, you never get rich in business. You only attain levels of relative poverty. So uh-huh. <laughs> it applies to everything. You want more and more and more and more. Right. So you're never happy. So it's right. being at peace with yourself. Oh, my God. I love that. And it's very spiritual. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. it sounds so spiritual. Listen, I'm a spiritual person. After all. <laughs> yeah, of course. My, my, who knows? Maybe the different lifetimes. I know that's a different conversation altogether, but uh, very beautiful. Thank you so much again for your presence here today and for everything that you're doing in this reality, for your help. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dr. Lakia Song and his work, please visit guthealthmedic.co.uk. To 
learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org/podcast. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.